Thank you for stepping into another episode of the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined this evening by the real uh, got Coach Pace and Coach Murph. The real Coach K couldn't be with us today, but I think he has some stuff that's going to go on IG about his WTF section. So stay tuned. Follow us on Cbox Podcast on our IG to see his take on there. But the take that we've been waiting for today. Mm-hmm. Back like he never left is Coach Pace. He's been traveling the world and I, 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 you know, been doing all that. He's been out here doing his thing. So, you know, with the Odies, baby. The Odies, yes, yes. So, I'm looking forward to your hot seat. Go ahead, Coach Pace. Bless us with some knowledge. All right, man. It's it's real simple, man. The, the second one is going to surprise y'all completely. The first one, this is no surprise. And I don't like doing this. But I have to. Urban, it's mm. time you gotta go, bro. You're not you're not it. You're not it. He finally won. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry he won, but bro, you can tell like he's not an NFL coach. Like, I'm sorry. At this point, I don't care if he won or not. I could just tell, bro. Some people got it, some people don't. Urban is not an NFL coach, bro. I'm sorry. It's just it's time for him to go. Like, I I just I think they should get somebody that's – I don't know. It just – the vibe down in Jacksonville just don't seem right, even though they won. And I feel like Trevor Lawrence is getting better. But it just – I don't know. Something is a little off with Urban to me. Uh, that's just my take on it. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much in that Urban. But I just feel like uh-uh. – I think – also, I think the kicker – I mean, the kicker saved their behinds too. 250 yarders? Like, come on, dog. Yeah. So – but that's that's the one y'all really wanted. Y'all see, Uh-oh. and this this is this is this is hard for me. Mm. But the the man that got to get bench cut traded whoever Odell got to go, man. Oh, Odell got to go, bro. It's 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 time, bro. He's not no he he ain't ever since the injury, bro. He ain't it no more. Like it's time, buddy. Got to buddy got to go. He got to dip. It's Odell's time. You got. Or they got to bench you for the rest of the season. I don't care yep. what they do, but you're you're a liability on the field at this point. Wait, well, so we had this conversation, like we we've had an arguments about this. <laughs> so do you, so do you think it's more so of him being a liability, or do you still think it's more so Baker? Like if you were to do it at a hundred percent, how would you split that? Um, I just I'm 50 50 with it because I just don't think they mesh. Like, I genuinely don't think they mess. I think Bort, Baker force feeds him the ball. And I think Odell is a high target, high volume person that you got to get the ball to. And I think they, uh, both of them are pressing. So Baker feels he needs to get Odell the ball. But Stefanski is not really factoring Odell into the game plan. You can tell Odell is like it's just a – he's on the field, but he's just like a distraction. Like, that's it. Um, and granted, they're mostly a run-heavy team, but, like, bro, they're not looking for Odell. Like, let's be real here. Nobody's looking for Odell. If anything, they're looking for Jarvis and Higgins, like, or Hooper um, or Kareem Hunt out the backfield or Donovan Peoples-Jones now. Like, Odell is just a – they shift coverage to Odell because it's Odell. But Odell not really doing nothing, bro. So, and then Odell, I feel like he's pressing and dropping passes because he's like, all right, I don't know when my targets is going to come. And when the targets come – and Shannon Sharp said it best. He's went through stretches like that, too, where, like, you don't know when your target's going to come. You don't know how many you get in the game. You might get two one game, eight another. 
So, you know, it it's easy to say, oh, well, you got to make the best of your opportunities. But as a talent like that, it's kind of hard to like, you know, if you get two targets for 25 yards, but the game plan is for you to only get two targets for 25 yards, then you got people saying, well, Odell's not Odell no more. No, Odell's not good no more. Oh, like the game plan and how the, how the Browns are run is like, Odell is not a factor. Like they might shift coverage to him, but it ain't worth it. So I just think that relationship is like fractured at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one of them get get Odell to a, a place where like I don't know where he can get a quarterback that can sling that thing. Like I don't know. He's got a, yeah, like Rogers. Like they get the ball to him. They'll figure a way. I know they'll figure a way to get the ball to him. So I just think it's 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 just a factual relationship. Some things just don't match. That's all. It's just yeah, like it, this reminds me of like there are times where like you get like you get a child a toy and he don't know what to do with it. Like he don't know how to play with it, right? And he's like, "Where's the instructions to this thing? I can't figure it out." And then he just kind of like leaves it and plays with the rest of his toys because he gets frustrated not being able to use this one. That's what the Browns are doing is I think they got an asset who is still talented, but they're not utilizing them properly. And I think when they did, I rewind back to that Cowboys game of last year mm-hmm. when Odell had that breakout game last year. And you look at the way that he they used him. Like, you know, it, why, why not do wide receiver screens? Why not do end arounds just to get the ball in his hands, just to get him to touch the ball? And – and go with it. He still has speed. He still makes defenders miss. And with all the other talent, you know, you can get situations where there's, you know, there's not a lot of people that can get to him. So, like, I think they they try too hard, and I agree that Baker does force it sometimes to him. I'm just like, why don't you just draw some plays so Odell knows that at least a couple times he's going to get some opportunities, and then everything else is just going to happen naturally. But, hey, we're going to try this end around. We're going to try this right receiver screen. Uh, you know, we're going to try to slant. And then you, you do, do what you do. Do what you do. I was about, I was about to say, like, two, three plays a quarter. Like, you 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 design something for Odell, two, three plays a quarter. Because you're always going to get the ball to Kareem and Nick Chubb. Design Odell two to three plays a quarter. And, you know, he might be covered on those two to three plays. And that's when you go to Jarvis or whoever, yada, 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 because they're going to get their touches regardless because there's hit Baker safety valves. But, like, for somebody with that type of talent, that type of ego, um, and we could say, like, oh, he has to get over his ego for the better cause. I'm like, bro, let's stop. Let's stop. Okay. that Give give that a rest. All receivers are divas. Yeah. Let's stop. Even the most humblest, they if they don't get their targets, they're going to look at you. Robert Woods. Perfect example, like, Cooper Cup was getting double the targets. What'd he do? He went to the coach and was like, yo, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. I need my targets. Like, can y'all incorporate me? Because I'm, you know, I am an asset to the team. You know what I'm saying? What happens? 12 for a buck 50. Yep. <laughs> just like that. Like, I, it's, it's real simple. Like, you just got to make people – and that's on the OC. But like I said, I think the – I think it's a fractured relationship at this point. And, you know, I feel like Odell and the Browns are better separate apart, you know? I got a hypothetical for y'all. Because, like, just like how we uh, – you mentioned the, the Cowboys game last year, 
and then seeing there's a, a big drop off of his involvement in the game plan. And we also know that he has an injury history. Hypothetically, could you think of a possibility of it being a way of he hits free agency in 2014 and they're trying to keep him in good enough condition to trade him before his contract is up? I mean, I think you can I think you can get a couple picks out of him. Like if you go, okay, let's just say you trade Odell. Mm-hmm. I think you can get it at least a and this is where like most of the great receivers are fine. I think you can get like uh in between a second or a fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. Like not all I mean, you're not picking like all first round receivers, but like there's a lot of great receivers that come from the second through the fourth round. So I think they can get like two or two or three picks for Odell. Like it's not out of the question. Well, my question is, well, it's not what they can get for him, but it's more so of leaning him out of the offense, basically like kind of prepping themselves to be without him, but also keeping him in good condition that he has higher trade value versus him going Mm. into the offseason. And they're already having conversations of like, hey, we know we want to trade you, but now you're hurt. So now we're not going to get as much for you. I mean, they might as well shut him down for that at that point. Like, it's, but I think that will make it apparent because nobody really wants to do that, especially to, for someone of his caliber. Of just like, hey, mm-hmm. we're just going to sit you because we want to trade you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Next year. But they got to have that conversation with him. That's the thing. Like, if they want to shut him down, be like, hey, man, listen, what what I'm seeing is like, you're not, we're not meshing. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, we love you, we want you here, but I think for your sake and our sake. You know, we just, you know, part ways. We're going to shut you down for the rest of the season. Make sure you're healthy. And we're going to try and get the best trade for you, put you in the best situation. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. You just got to let somebody know. And it's the simplest. It's like with all things in life, communication. Like, let him know, like, bro, it is what it is at this point. We tried. Like, we really did try. You tried. We tried. You got hurt. Like, it, we just ain't meshing. Mm-hmm. And we want to get the best trade value for you. And I know you want to go to the best spot. So, like, shut them down if that's what it takes. Like, Yeah, I I think you got to do one or the other. You either got to shut them down or you got to use them. Mm-hmm. Because if other teams are looking at he's looking really bad right now. Like, he's looking like he can't perform, which is mm-hmm. going to decrease his trade value anyway. So, it's like it. I would at least play him and try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And, you know, do a little game script, like Keith said, you know, each game, making sure he gets his touches. So people are like, oh, okay, he still got it. He's still good. You know, he can still play. He still has value. That way you can get the highest picks from you can. Or you shut him down and say, hey, you know, go ahead, get fully healthy. We're going to make some phone calls and work this thing out. But by them just kind of like throwing them in there and not really using them properly. And he's getting frustrated because to your point, Coach Base, they're not really communicating with them, it feels like. So then he's questioning everything, but he's trying to be on good behavior because he doesn't want to be a, a problem because he knows what that narrative is going to bring him. So yeah, I can tell he's just pressing, man. I could I could see it like he just face. looks like he's pressing. Like he he's he just ah, he just looks like he's uncomfortable in a sense. Yeah. You might as well go out there and, and, and show and show him off. And, and get the best for him that 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 you can. That's what I, I think. I think he's in prime position, even like with his performance now, because 
I think with all of like what people say of his like his on field antics and like his history and so on and so forth that the only teams that will be looking for him are teams that have quarterbacks that are certified leaders because even with him with a poor performing season nine times out of ten they're going to blame Baker over Odell because they're going to be like okay well we saw what this man was with Eli and then there was always there's always been question marks with Baker so it's just like okay we get him with you know like I said earlier Aaron Rodgers because that's kind of being in the mix a lot or even if he ended up in like Tampa or whatever like those kind of quarterbacks where it's just like he's just going to fall in line I think that's going to be the only teams looking for him and maybe even Miami if they pull off that Deshaun Watson trade I'm about to say that'd be that'd be crazy. crazy Watson and Odell oh my lord so yeah, they waddled and and Parker. Yeah. They'll probably get rid of Parker. Yeah, they would get rid of Parker, but they keep like they got some they got some options over there. Like I, I mean, you know, Jacecki doing his thing. So yeah, he's cold. So, but yeah, man, it's it's about that time. Bench cut trade Odell. Yeah, I know how much it hurts you to do that too. It do, it do, <laughs> it really do. But I just call it like I see it, man. I call it like I see it. We should have a segment talking about the, the Miami Heat boys. That's good. Talk oh, about Lord. Jimmy Butler. What? Oh, <laughs> We're going to get into a lot of that, you know, in the coming weeks because they. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Heat's going to do. Um, but next, Coach Murphy, you're on deck with your segment, Bet. Talk to us about what happened last week and what you got going on for this weekend. The viewers can't see it, <laughs> but y'all can I took my first L, man. It was it was tough. So <clears throat> y'all know that I say a lot of the time it's just like, you know, always hedge your bets, always hedge your bets. And then I got hard-headed. So I had two tickets that were good going into Monday night. And I was so sure. I was just like, there is no way in heck that the Bills will lose. <laughs> <laughs> to the Titans. I was like, that defense is atrocious. Yeah. The Bills defense is coming along. That Bills offense is crazy. The The Titans offense is hit or miss outside of Henry. So it's just like, there's no way I'm going to lose. So I, I got there. I had two offers, one ticket. They offered me $505 and the total was 804 and the other one offered me like 136 and the panel was 206. So I was kind of balanced in between. I was just like, you know, maybe I should cash one and yeah. just risk the other. That's what you should have did. <laughs> and that's not what I did. So <laughs> I I watched $1100 just be left right there on the third yard line because of Josh Allen slipped Man. and the deep, the defensive player had a great jump on the snap. So um, it was, it was bitter. It was, I was real bitter. I was at work. I was depressed. <laughs> I watched it happen in the break room and I walked out as if like I was one of the Bills players. <laughs> like I was I was like, bro, we really just lost. So um I'm hoping I bounce back this week. 
it didn't start off too high because I thought the Broncos would be – I was loving the Broncos as an underdog versus the, the Browns because of Case Keenum and Daener- – what is it, De'Aris Johnson? Uh, De'Aris Johnson. Yeah, yeah so I'm like, you know, but that's full on me not believing in the Browns' offensive line because their offensive line has always been great all season. And even last season, so um, the Broncos defensive line, they they literally looked them made them look like kids out there. Like yeah, that was sad. I wasn't and like the Broncos have a, a really good defense, so that's why I'm just like, oh, Case Keenum, man, they're about to lock this down. And I don't know who was out there. Von Miller got <laughs> that's part of the reason. Von Miller takes people, so he got hurt, and it was a wrap after that. Um, but you know, this week. I am – so, you know, basketball season is back, so I'm also dabbling into that, adding that into my parlays. Uh, I kind of do that by the day, and I'll just add that with my uh, Sunday games. Um, an underdog that I like is the Colts versus the 49ers. The Colts are underdogs. Jimmy G is starting, so I feel like – the 49ers have a better chance of winning now versus it being Trey Lance. But uh, I don't know. I just like the Colts in in an upset there. And then uh, also there is um, Matthew Stafford touchdown passes to over two and a half in the plus. So I'm just like Matthew Stafford returning back to Detroit, he's about to light it up. <laughs> so those are two big ones. Outside of that, kind of my known picks that uh, I feel like everybody should incorporate in their parlays is taking the Saints over Seattle, taking Arizona over the Texans, Bucks over Bears, uh, Packers over Washington, and Patriots over Jets. <laughs> Um, those odds aren't the greatest, but they're you always want to have those like high negative odds or like those known games and parlay that with some other riskier picks just to kind of like you know beef up the, that payout. So, uh, those are some things to look for for this week. Uh, next week I'll start you know talking more so about the way I do my NBA picks because it's a lot more, uh, it's a, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. It's I like it a lot more than than some of the NFL um, kind of bets. So, Actually, dropping knowledge as always. That's good. That's okay. You know what? Everybody takes an L every once in a while, but but you're gonna bounce back this weekend. Gotcha. That's all you got. Do. Oh, also, actually, because that just reminded me that because a friend asked me a question, or he didn't ask me, but he. For games that people are up in the air about, so like if there's an underdog that you feel like you they could win, but you're not too sure of it, one thing that I do is that I bet the point spread, but I pick the alternate spread, and I will go as high as or or low, however you look at it, to match the point spread with what the negative will be for the the top dog, like the, the winner or wh- whoever they deem the better team. 
Um, so, cause with that, you could win more money cause you're taking the underdogs still, you won't get as much for picking them outright or picking the actual spread, but that gives you a little bit more to play with. So when it says like an underdog is plus three points, that means that team just needs to be within three points of that, of the winning team. So if it's like negative 300 and you can bring it down to like the point spread to plus 10 and it'd be like negative 225, that's 10 points you got to play with. Um, so that's something that Josh, should, that's the way you incorporate point spread. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to try to get into these. Uh, I'm finally going to take your advice. Uh, <laughs> Coach Murphy, try to take these uh, multiple game parlays. I played with a couple single game parlays, but those mm-hmm. are really hard because so many things have to happen right in the same game. And so if one team's game script is off, then it just messes everything up. Yeah, I was kind of sick because one, because <laughs> when I when you showed me yours and I, I looked at it, one of them you literally hit on everything, but the Broncos lost. And I was just like, Really? But then also I saw something different. So I guess Donovan Peoples-Jones, he didn't play that game, I'm assuming. Um, so under that, I forgot what you picked. Oh, it was something about receiving yards. But it said canceled um, since he didn't play. Mm-hmm. But since you lost, I don't know what would have happened. Like, I don't know if that would cancel out your ticket or if that would void it and lower the payout. Yeah. So I know like some things like I remember one time when I did a like an OSU bet of them like having outscoring the team in the first quarter and they tied and it didn't affect me at all. It just kind of was like a stalemate and my payout was the same. But I don't know if it would be for stuff that is canceled. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. That is interesting. So, so you know, anybody that knows that listens, feel free to to DM me and let me know. You know, I'm still a novice. So but this is the weekend. This is the weekend where you bounce back and I finally bounce somewhere. <laughs> so, so I'm going to do a multiple game parlay this weekend and mm. have some ideas. I just got to figure out how to put it into the app correctly. But yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to do that. We're going to get that money. Money's going to be made this weekend. Money will be made. You know who is losing money? Ben Simmons. What a segue. What a segue. Let me just, I know that y'all been hearing about Ben Simmons a lot in the media. So I, we just was like, you know what? It wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about him a little bit on the show. And I I don't want to belabor this point, but in the story, but y'all know, four months ago, Ben Simmons was like, yo, I don't even want to play for Philly anymore. Billy's like, we're not ready to let you go. We're going to try to make this work. Ben Simmons comes in. He's chilling at practice. Doc is like, yo, I need you to sub in at practice. And he basically was like, nah. And, and Doc was like, okay, well, can you do, you know, can you run with this, with, with this team? Nah. And then so he gets, you know, <laughs> he leaves practice like, and, and basically got removed from practice. And I'm sitting here like, I have never seen that before where someone literally told their coach no, mm. like to practice, not the game, not the game. Talking about practice. We're talking about practice, okay? 
So I'm looking at that. And, and so he, he, he left the practice facility on Thursday because he didn't participate. And, and then he did go get a brief treatment on Thursday for his back. So like he was acting up Wednesday, left practice on Thursday to get treatment for his back. And I'm like, bro, you ain't even practiced the day beforehand. What's wrong with your back? Like you didn't do nothing. Did you hurt yourself walking out the door? Like, cause you, like what happened? So that phone I'm, in his pocket. Yeah, man. And so he gets fined two hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars because he got suspended for Wednesday's antics of leaving practice. Mm-hmm. Two hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars because he wouldn't just practice. And and so I'm sitting here like, yo, like. This is not the narrative was already negative on your end anyway. You got people like Jason Kelsey for the Philadelphia Eagles is like, bro, like you just need to play better. Like all this could go away if you just play better. If you just learn how to, to shoot the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at this rate, Demaris, your daughter's gonna be driving before Ben Simmons learn how to shoot the ball. How old is your daughter right now? She's a little bit over a year and a half. A little bit over a year and a half. By the time she drives, Ben Simmons still won't know how to shoot the basketball. Just play better. And then people came out and blasted Jason Kelsey for that. But I think he does have a point. Philly fans can be very harsh. But yeah, who's that Cowboys player that opened his mouth? Cowboys wide receiver come out. And I, don't, I don't know. I didn't even recognize his name. I looked at his name. I was like, bro, who are you? Like, you don't play anyway. Like, you don't play in general. So, like, why? Exactly. Like, come on, man. Like, a little entourage boy. Come on. Like, anyway. So, timeline. He gets four months ago, he says he doesn't want to play. They said, we're going to try to make this work. He like, all right, whatever. He gets suspended. He gets, you know, kicked out of practice on Wednesday. Uh, um, On Tuesday, actually. Gets suspended on Wednesday. Says he has back pain and stuff on Thursday. And so it was like, I can't even do shoot around on Friday and everything. So I I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. So what they're trying to do is that there's a loophole in the collective bargaining agreement that for folks with mental health issues if a team refuses to connect them with the resources that's needed, and that can nullify some of the punishments that are going to happen, that will happen by him not participating. Um, We talk a lot about mental health on this show and for good reason. I'm calling his bluff on this one. I just think he just doesn't want to get penalized and lose out on that money. I think it's one of those things like I work at a university, right? So you can have emotional support animals and you can have like um, your service animals and stuff like that on the campus with you. They can live in the residence halls with you and everything like that. As soon as that was allowed, you got all these people out the woodworks talking about, oh, I need my emotional support animal on campus. Some of them actually needed it, right? Like legitimately needed an emotional support animal or a service animal with them. 
the rest of them just wanted to have their pets on campus. Right? That's what I think Ben Simmons is doing right now. He just wants his pet on campus. And he's messing it up for the people that actually need those services. And so, yeah, I'm calling his bluff on that. And that's all I got to say. I'm done. What the rest, what do y'all think? He saw my, <laughs> he saw, I hate, like the one thing is like, I, I wasn't completely on board the way that James Harden did things to get his way out of Houston. But now looking at Ben Simmons, I'm like, if you want to be there, then just be there. Don't sit there and make things awkward. Cause now you just look like a child. Like he literally looks like he's pouting. Like he's like 12 years old. Like you're a grown man. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here pouting in practice, telling them no. And like, that just reminds me, like, you bringing up my daughter, that's like me giving her some food and she's shaking her head, like, no. Like, what? Like, you're getting paid to do a job. You decided to show up because you wanted your money. Then act like, just do your job. And you do your job and you can get yourself out of there. It's that simple. But you and I'm I want to know what what's Rich Paul's thought in all of this with him overseeing him. Like, are you allowing this? Or is this just Ben Simmons going rogue? Because that doesn't seem fitting for what Rich how Rich Paul runs his business. So like Rich Paul is quoted is basically saying he, he's telling the Sixers officials that Simmons wasn't mentally prepared to play. And that was a message Simmons directly relayed on Friday morning. So Rich Paul's, in so many words, backing Simmons up on this. He's backing his client up on this. Which is just as bad. That's ridiculous. Like, I, you don't solve problems by creating more problems. Yes. And that's all he's doing. He's tearing the, the team apart. What not what his chemistry with the team, but apparently they recently said I saw today that he talked with like the, the higher ups in the team and apologized and said that he's gonna start, you know, being more transparent with them. Mm-hmm. And then everybody like, you know, agreed that, you know, some things weren't carried the right way. But all in all, like, I just can't, and it doesn't help that he, low-key, he still looks like a kid, so I'm just like, now I'm just picturing you over here, this upset 16-year-old that don't want to go to school, yeah. but you have to, and so now you're just going to sit there and just cause problems, like, that he, it's that Kardashian in him, yeah. that's what it, Ben Kardashian, and just to put this into perspective, and we'll let Coach Pace go next, but Ben Simmons so far has been fined $1.4 million. So that 227 was just that one incident, right? So total, he's been 1.4 because he's not, you know, hasn't been reporting. He hasn't been, you know, playing or anything like that. And like you said, at least James Harden played. He was out of shape, but at least played. Yeah, like know. he And he made it known, like, hey, I want to be out of here. And he kept reiterating that and telling people that, but all you want to do is just like this, this tell them this passive aggressiveness is childish, bro. Like I, and so this is to tell you, so one point four million dollars he's been fine this season, 
J.R. Smith and his contract is making $1.4 million. Right? Like, let's just put that into perspective, okay, from his NBA contract. Let's juxtapose what Ben Simmons is doing compared to someone who I know, Coach Murphy, you're going to appreciate. So Ben Simmons walks out of practice early with the ball to demand a trade. Jimmy Butler beats the starters with the Timberwolves with the third stringers to demand a trade, right? Some people are just built different, right? Dude, like you saw, you saw that face he made to Grace Allen, Grace and Allen for guarding on like, it, like there, there are more ways to handle this. Like get on the court, stay in shape, stay in rhythm, and you can make your point. Like yo, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and practice. I'm gonna beat everybody here. I'm going to show you what you're going to be missing. But at the end of the day, I'm working behind the scenes with the organization so I can go somewhere else. But I'm not going to become a distraction because now he looks like the villain. So, anyway, go ahead, Coach Page. The diva. All right. So, um, I'm going to start by saying this. Ben Simmons needs a sports psychologist. A. B. We all knew Ben Simmons was like this because if you pay attention to the LSU days, Ben Simmons never actually wanted to go to college and he never actually went to class. So Ben Simmons has been spoiled, rotten, since he's been the number one player in high school. So none of this really surprises me as you guys were talking. But I will say this. There wasn't really an issue. Well, sports psychologist because he won't shoot, of course. Um, Gilbert Arenas says Ben Simmons can shoot. Gilbert Arenas works out with Ben Simmons all the time. He can shoot. So there is a mental block. There is a – no, he said his shot is, like, pure. Like, he can make shots. I'm going to trust Gilbert Arenas because Gilbert Arenas is a basketball genius. So, yeah. So – there is a mental block in Ben Simmons' brain somewhere. I don't know what it is. I don't know how, what. I, I truly don't know. I've never experienced well. I do. But it's, I ain't never been as good as Ben Simmons. So, I listen, I can't relate. But there is a mental block that tells this man he cannot shoot. It has to be. Mm. There's, there's something in his psyche that's like, bro, you really can't shoot. Like, the, you're 6'10 and you really can't shoot or something because it just doesn't add up. If you can make them all in practice, it's then we see videos of you just knocking down shots, but all of a sudden you get in the game and you don't shoot. Yeah, you're afraid to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a mental block somewhere. Now, with this whole situation, it wasn't a real problem until two things happened. The one, the one thing where he passed up the shot over Trey Young and the, 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 the photo is out and they just was roasting him for the longest period of time. But two, when your coach said, when somebody asked you, hey, do you think you can win a championship with Ben Simmons as your point guard? And you say, I don't know. That lets me know everything I need to know. Right there. That lets me... So as your top, well, you could, I mean, Embiid is better. I think Ben Simmons is also used to being the best player on the team, where he can run a team, be the point guard. Joel clearly is the star player on the team. Ben Simmons feels he should be treated as such, um, which, I mean, his resume says he should because he plays both ends of the floor. Granted, he might not shoot, but he's very respectable in what he does. 
So, um, and he can play all five positions on both ends of the court. So, I mean, Joel can do that. But as I was saying, once your coach says that, I'm going to look at you sideways from then on out. I don't care how y'all feel about me. I don't care what my job title is. I don't care. If you feel like you can't win no chip with me and I'm one of the best two-way players as a basketball player, regardless of how, you ain't got to say it to the media because guess what? That gives the media more ammunition to come at me crazy. Right. So just from a PR standpoint, I'm not fucking with Doc on that. I don't care how y'all look at it. I'm not fucking wrong. with Doc. It was wrong. That was flat out wrong. Like th- this, that's when it t- like literally took off. Is when he said that. Because then Stephen A. Stephen A. popped on. Was like, oh well, Ben Simmons is he really that good? Da, da, da. Oh, everybody started taking off, bro. I understand that, but I guess I just that just shows how like I don't know. I, he just seems like he he cares too much about what everybody else thinks. Like for me, like that, for instance, I respect your basketball opinion. So in college freshman year, what was I bad at? I was bad at finishing at the rim and using my body. Right. But, and I was horrible at it. I suck. But, and you've told me that. And what did I do? I worked, I worked, I worked and I got better at it. And that's what I do. So like, and that's kind of how I carry myself throughout my life. Like when someone said that I couldn't do something or they think I couldn't do something, I would just do it just to prove a point. And like, right. of course I would have to have part of my heart had to be in it. Like, okay, this is something that I want to accomplish. I'm not just going to climb my way and accomplish something that I don't particularly care about, but you want to win. So if somebody's challenging you and challenging your, you know, your ability and saying like, I don't know, just like what Shannon Sharp said on his show, he's just like, I came back and ball when I found out that they tried to trade me, and then we won the Super Bowl the, the, that following year. Like, I, yeah. like what is what is up with all of, like the people being so sensitive to the point where they like just break down as soon as somebody says something negative about them? Like they I just agree. shut down. I agree. I also, I that, that's why I said Ben Simmons needs a sports psychologist, bro, because there's something not clicking in his head when it comes to shooting. Because Giannis can do it, Lonzo can do it, and neither of them can shoot worth a lick a couple years ago. There is something going on up here that's literally when he hops in the game, he's not confident. That like it, I don't even think it's just a mental block, bro. I really just think it's like a mental block that he can't come over but if he says it granted you know mental health DeMar DeRozan Kevin Love like all he has to do is admit it nobody's gonna accost him for that but his pride won't let him do it mm-hmm. so like I really think it's like a mental block because if people saying you can shoot you you can do this you can do that in practice when you're working out all summer we see videos and you don't do it Bro, something, something's not clicking in your head. And that's why I say, bro, you got to gotta drop your nuts. You got to be like, yo, I need to go see a sports psychologist. Granted, he's probably like 21 right now. Bro, you know what I was doing at 21? Not a damn thing productive and drinking all the damn time. So I get it. But at some point, when you got millions of dollars on the line, 
you got to mature a lot sooner than others and admit like, yo, at the end of the day, I need to go, you know, he's, get my he's, help. He's and 25. Philly, he's 25. Well, shit, he definitely need to go now. Mm-hmm. You What? You 25, bro? You're You're wasting prime years of your life because you want to be immature. Like, I don't, I'm Listen, not rocking with him, but I'm also not rocking with the team because I don't know if the team has provided the services for him or not either. That hasn't come out. I don't know. I don't know the facts with that. I yeah. don't agree with Doc calling him out. I will be I don't shocked. Agree with- I will be shocked if they didn't, especially, I mean, even with like Rich Paul and the people in this circle, like sometimes you can't put everything on the team, but you got to put it on his team. Because right. everybody, if everybody's telling you one thing, and you're still not doing it. That's on you. And what do you have in your circle? Like that's right. We for years people have been talking about him needing to see a sports psychologist. Even even Gilbert Arenas, and he's the one that's been working with him on his shot. And for some reason, it's either he's going and something still isn't clicking, or he's just not going because he's stubborn or afraid or yeah. I, I don't know or he he just doesn't think it's going to help but we need to figure out what he's doing because all we see is these random videos every summer of him shooting shots and then he just come in every season doing what he was doing the season before right and I just I get it he don't want to be there I get it man but the the phone thing, I was like, bro, you're wild. Like, what is you on? Like, I thought it was hilarious because I was like, I get what he's doing. He's trying to self-sabotage. Granted, that wouldn't be the way I self-sabotage. But I would do – I would rather him – because I don't have the talent he has. But I would go in there, get all the threes, bust their ass, talk shit – excuse my French – talk shit, uh, do what Jimmy B did, and then be like, hey, I still want out of here. Make sure y'all get me out of here because I'm not playing for y'all no more. Like I, that's what how I look at it. And then yeah, I would but... just cause chaos like Jimmy B. Because that's all he, all Jimmy D B did. He showed up, but he still caused chaos in practices because he would beat on everybody. And I would laugh. And he would destroy people mental. Like you can destroy Joel and B's mental if you play him correctly. Like Joel and B is a big dude, but Ben Simmons is quicker. Guess what? Before and he's I mean, Ben Simmons is 16. Guess what? Use your speed. Like you can literally destroy Kawhi did it. Joel he's not like, Kawhi. Oh, oh. Huh? I mean he's, but, he's not Kawhi. Because <laughs> like the not, thing is like, like I respect what Jimmy Butler did, but if you look at the dynamic, not to like, you know, undermine what he did, but I mean I kind of put cat in the like cat is soft to me. And and Andrew Wiggins, because he was there at the time, he just seemed like somebody that's not sure of himself every year. So, like, he kind of took advantage of these pubs to prove a point. Whereas I think if Ben Simmons try to pull some stuff like that, and I mean, and I think Embiid is going to give him that Mo Bamba treatment when Mo Bamba was running pickup when he made it to the league and he said, Welcome to the league when he punched on him. Like oh, I think it's gonna be like one of it's gonna be one of those but, things because because you saw how it fed up Embiid was so if Ben Simmons trying to come is, in and challenge him, I think Embiid is Embiid soft though. Like Embiid, Embiid is truly soft. I can, bro. These bigs nowadays are soft. Like Embiid, everybody thinks Embiid is like, yeah, he embraces the Philly culture, but it's easy to embrace the Philly culture when the Philly culture embraces you. 
look at Ben Simmons. Like if they if they they didn't hate they didn't they didn't say nothing when Embiid was out two years. Okay, when he was fat and lazy, but and taking games off, they didn't really say nothing. But as soon as Embiid got on the court, and I mean, it's easy to do stuff when you recognize as the best player. That's all I'm saying. I don't think Embiid is soft. I huh? think Embiid, like, I don't think Embiid is soft. Like, I don't think he has that. Well, I, he does have that. Though. I mean, you saw that when during he. I mean, he was damn near making an MVP run last. I mean, that's, year. like I said, but, that's like cool. it's like he's like soft and be being so, like no, I don't. That's not the word to describe. No, no. Because like, cause, I mean, like, but that's just me. Because like, me. I look at Cat, Ben Simmons. That's soft. To me, I don't think cats off. Why do you think cats off? Just the way Jimmy, he... but- Jimmy Butler would have bust Embiid's ass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like this, this is... Jimmy Butler is busting. Like Jimmy he Butler, see, but best... but like Cat, even in his play, his game is kind of timid to me. He's more of a Chris. You're Ross a big right guy. There. He's what a finesse, but I don't know. Like it's just one of those things. Like you know if. Even just as simple as like you know, uh, like momentum and stuff like that. If Bosch went and got a dunk, and then he like yelled, and then you see Cat get a dunk and yell, I'm looking at him like it's it's more like like a cat purr, like a meow. You know, that's not because like a, that's because Jimmy B ruined y'all vision of Cat. Like they, I felt like be that real. before Jimmy B got there. I was happy when Jimmy went there because I was just like he'll probably be able to toughen him up. I think Cat is more of a finesse player. That's all. He didn't dunk on a couple people, but I just think Cat is more finesse than he is grit and grimy. Which is, I mean, hey, that's what I that's how I feel about AD. AD is more finesse. Because if ever we being really honest, I think AD soft, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. I think Boogie Cousins is what you call grit and grimy, but yeah. AD is more like finesse. Let me be <laughs> jump hook. <laughs> Let me fall. All that extra stuff, but that's just me. So, but I just think Ben Simmons is on the same level of Embiid. He just and some is like I said, it's a mental block, bro. It's a mental block. At the end of the day, I just don't think they're on the same before, and they need to stop. Like, you just need to get the best package for him, bro, because you're not gonna get what you want. It's a wrap. You're not getting what you want. Sorry, Corey is being very stubborn right now, and he said, "Oh, this is going to be a long, drawn out process." Yeah. All right, and then when then when the Philly fans come knocking on your door, busting your ass, mm-hmm. and you you uh, well, I mean, we ain't got the right package. Philly not trying to hear all that. Mm-mm. No, this that's gonna we got the we got the we got MB, and we need another star. Go find somebody. I'm not trying to hear all that. We looking for the best package, nah, bro. It's a wrap. Like, we don't want Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons don't want us. Flat out. I, I do agree with, like, what Doc said was wrong. And what Darren Morey doing right now, he's not going to get what he thinks he's going to get for Ben Simmons. No. You gotta, two wrongs don't make it right. Like, you know, Ben's no. acting childish, but, like, two wrongs don't make it right in this situation. So, like, no, I, cut bait. I, I, I respect your perspective there, Coach Pace, on him needing a sports psychologist. And if that's what he means by mental health, then I, I agree that that's what he needs because there's something that's creating a cognitive dissonance between his practice and his in-game shooting abilities and stuff. Quick like question. That. Yeah. Quick question. Bro, why have y'all, haven't y'all heard Embiid and Ben Simmons haven't really gotten along ever, though? 
Yeah, I think it was put best. I forget who said this. Maybe, was it, man, it might have been Shannon Sharp, maybe. He, uh, someone said that they have been friendly to each other, but they're not friends. Like, oh, then it was never going to work. Okay, then it was never going to work, that, if we're being honest. It was never going to work. Yeah, like, I, I forgot who said that, but I they said they didn't know this for sure, but that's what they think is going on, that they've been always cool. They've been cool and friendly to each other, but they actually never been, like, tight. They actually never been. Oh, it's not, it's not going to work. It was never going to work. And I think it was evident when MB said what he did because someone who's like, that's your boy, like, you're not going to do that to them at all, especially so quick. Like, dang, like, I was like, this is. I'm about to say, I would never throw anybody that's my boy. Like, I would never throw DeMar. I don't care. I don't care if we, if we ain't spoken five years because some shit happened back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm still not throwing DeMar on the bus. You, you wouldn't have to because I'm taking the shot. <laughs> I'm that's taking true. a shot, but like I, that's that's sports psychology. I re, like I told Demars, I literally tell Demars all the time because Demars struggled shooting that one period in time. I was like Demars, I'd rather you airball that thing when I kick it to you than you not shoot at all. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to everybody. I would rather you airball when I kick it to you because you opened and not shoot at all. Because I if really- you don't shoot, bro, I'd rather you just not play. Yeah. Listen, I was uh, I literally came into college uh, a defensive playmaker that's what i was i was a playmaker on offense and a great defender and the next thing you know i'm a sniper from the <laughs> mid-range <laughs> yeah you did develop your mid-range game and take it hey my mid-range game is crazy i remember when i was playing man now i'm on a digress <laughs> I, I ain't nobody man no. hey but those threes came consistent too man i was hey those uh what was it the um uh, in a mural, I was easily like every trip going three for five from three. Yeah, man. But we need it, man. Development. Trip. Ben Simmons. Development. Development. Yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna eat my words. If that's what he means by he needs mental health, then I agree that that's what he needs to do and get that block out of it. I, I just it, the way he's presenting it, it just doesn't. It feels wrong. Like it feels like and like not genuine. Well, that that's the thing. Cause like technically, I mean, you're still right. Cause at the point is you should have done this. You should have yep, done this facts. three years ago. Facts. But now you want to do it because it's affecting your money. Facts. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's where he's going wrong about it. But like if it's truth, it's the truth. If he capping, James, everything you said stands, bro. I don't <laughs> I ain't bro, I think it still stands regardless. Because he should have yeah. been done that. It's a good point to talk about it. He's been spoiled and and possibly in some ways has never had to grow up. I, I do I do see that. Um, My boy didn't go to college. My boy yeah. went to games and practice and didn't go to college. <laughs> that was confirmed. My man didn't go to class. He only had three months of class and didn't go. Yeah. So I, I hope that everybody learns something out of this situation because – so the Sixers need to be handling their business better, and Ben Simmons needs to not be passive aggressive, and he needs to grow up in some ways. And if he if he really needs that sports psychologist, then he needs to go after it. Uh, that's the only way he's going to get through this. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the NBA, we've seen a lot already in, in, in a few days that the NBA has been going on. Like some great games. I tell you that Knicks Celtics game was, was ridiculous the other night. Um, Steph Curry couldn't miss last night. Like that, it that was insane. 
Insane. And that was a yes. Y'all see that clip with Paul George? He's like, "Hey, you give me one, I give you one." I'm, Man, I'm like he half was, court with it. He was <laughs> he was really stupid for asking that question. Yeah, Steph was like, "I haven't missed yet." <laughs> what you talking, about? <laughs> what you talking about? Yeah, he said, "Yeah, I got. I ain't missed yet." All right, make it interesting. <laughs> Came up and pulled up. <laughs> We're keeping I'm it real, though. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm with the logo with it. Okay. Man, yeah. So we, we're just going to talk about our top five players entering the 21-22 NBA season. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time on this, and I, I know this this list will be fluid as, as the year progresses, and we're going to do a lot of early predictions on our upcoming shows. Uh, but top five, top five, top five, Coach Pace, who do you have as your top five entering this NBA season? All right, no order. No order. Okay. I just did it like first people that came to mind. So we got Giannis, mm-hmm. Brian, mm-hmm. KD, mm-hmm. Steph. Mm-hmm. And I'm really struggling with five. Yeah. But I'm going to have to go with the former MV. Actually, no, I'm going to just go with who on my list. I'm going to go with Harden. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. I'm not mad at that. I, yeah. Harden's dope. Harden's dope. Yeah. Okay. I literally have all the exact same players except for James Harden. My fifth spot went to who we recently just talked about, Joel Embiid. Mm. Um, I just feel like for him, like I was juggling a lot of names there, but I think it's also kind of like foreshadowing, you know, not seeing Ben Simmons there. I think he's going to take another bigger step to just kind of just prove like, all right, let me show you that we really don't need you. Because just like how you say, like, this team was built for him, honestly. So, but now he's, since he's this, like, this solo star at the moment, I feel like this would be his time to kind of step in that top five role. This, yeah, I, we had, we all have the same top four. I struggled with this last one. I went back and forth with a couple names. But I think I'm going to settle. I, I had Embiid at one point. I, I deleted it. And I I had Damian Lillard on it because I'm a big Dame. Dame time. Dame time. And, and I was like, mm, put a question mark. And then I'm like, yo, like I, I really don't even have last year's MVP on my top. <laughs> so I'm like, I think he deserves to be there as the reigning mm-hmm. MVP of the league. So I, I decided to stick with that logic. And I went with Nikola Jokic. Uh, what he did in the absence of Jamal Murray, especially, was amazing. And I'm looking forward to see what they do this season. It's just like he's not flashy. He's not going to be the sports center highlights. But you're in beads and whoever else you want guard him can't stop him. They can't, no. they can't figure a way to stop him. He's not fast. He can't jump. He can't do any of that. But you can't stop him still. So I got to give respect to the Joker. Yeah, there's a lot of people to kind of play with in that area. Because, like, those guys I was thinking of, I, I was thinking of Luca. Like, it was just, I don't know. His Joker's passing ability, bro, is second to none. Like, his passing ability is up there with Brian. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. His his passing ability is so crazy. Yeah, and, and that was a determining factor, too, because MB is a good passer. But like Jokic is on another level of passing. I'm about to say it's levels. It's levels. He on that mellow ball, Bron level. Like it's because like, but like MB, he's like, because he doesn't, he's not a pat. Like he doesn't look to do that. You know, he's more for rebounder. So 
but yeah, no, I, I do like that pick. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's just the fifth part is like, I feel like the four is just solidify every year, but it's just that fifth one that can be anybody. Anybody, anybody, any given year. So, hey, quick question, quick question hmm. for both y'all. Y'all taking peak T Mac or peak Mellow? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to I gotta, I gotta throw it in there. It was a group chat question. I had to throw I had to throw a curveball at y'all. You know I'm singing. I know we were all angry that T Mac didn't get the top 75 night. You know so. you already know how I was because you know T Mac my boy, my favorite player of all time. Hmm. I'm taking T Mac, man. It's 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 I'm not saying that as an easy choice. I know a small part of that is my bias, but T-Mac was just – T-Mac was just special. Just special. All right. Man, you caught me off guard with this one. <laughs> this one you think – I had to throw you on the spot with that one. Because Prime Mello was nothing to joke with, man. Like, that, I, I, I saw him play in his Nugget days in person. I saw him play LeBron, and LeBron couldn't do anything with him. Like, like it's just – and that's when LeBron was, like, in the first stint with the Cavs. You know, so, like, they were just going that back was, and forth. That was athletic, Bron. Jump shot, Bron. Yeah. Like, ah. But he put 44 on his head. And T-Mac has the highlights on his side, I think. So, like, it sticks in your brain a little bit more. Like, when, I, when that he scored – when they won that game against San Antonio, when he just scored, like, the last 11 points or something like that and within the last minute change in the game, like, I watched that game, and I've never seen that before. And it's just like, could Melo do that? Maybe, but Man, could anybody do that? Could anybody else do that? I don't know. I I would say T Mac was probably the better. Neither one of them are really good. We're really good at defense, but um, I would say T Mac because I think his injuries got in the way of of him playing. I think Melo he didn't have any significant injuries throughout his career, so I think he just. He has the longevity, but his own ceiling on him. Yeah, he yeah he made his own ceiling. Uh, I was just talking about peak. Like I don't think did T Mac reach his peak. I, I think his back issues got in the way. Like as good as he was, we still never saw what his full potential was. It's probably like that Brandon Roy argument, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just had to throw that little loophole in there. But who who did you pick? I pick, I pick, I pick, I pick Mac by a hair. It wasn't like it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. I was. It was one of those. Mm, mm, T Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of them. It was like mm, I don't want to do it, but I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna pick T Mac. The guy, man, that's the boy. Yeah, that that's a that's a tough one. That's something you really do gotta think about. I really did have to think about that one because there's not a huge gap between the two. There's not. Nah. A oh no, not at all. Like it's not even. You could split hairs with that. Yeah, yeah, that's man. Well, we have some other tough decisions to make here. We're gonna go through our fantasy football. 
Uh, we're going to do a start, a sit, and a sleeper. And so we'll have Coach Murphy lead us out on this one. All right, man. I, real, we, I talked about him earlier, the certified starter, Matthew Stafford. He's he well, he won't be headed to Detroit. They're coming to him, but I know that he's gonna want to put up numbers. And I know that defense, because if y'all heard Aaron Donald said he's hoping he can get to Jared Goff a couple times. And I think that defense haven't forgave him for what he did in the Super Bowl. So I see a lot of turnovers happening. And I, I see too. and I see and the Detroit defense isn't good as is. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to come in with all his new toys and just try to just make it rain. I, I think it's not going to be too many handoffs this game. I think it's about to be just an all-out assault. So uh, Matthew Stafford is a guaranteed start. Sleeper, I got Devontae Booker. Um, Saquon is out again. So – He'll be getting the starting role. Maybe uh, he'll have a, a Johnson-type game. Probably not, but, you know, he's a solid pickup. And I said bench Derek Carr. Mm. He is facing Philly. Philly's defense has been making slight changes. I like what I saw these past couple of weeks, especially what they were able to do with the Bucks and hold them to, I believe, 28. Um, and then, I mean, the Raiders in general, they're just kind of like sometimes they're on like super highs and the next thing you know, they're at super lows. Right. Um, so I think this will probably be one of those games where Derek Carr probably have like, I think it'll be like a, a mediocre game. He'll, I, I can see him throwing at least one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll probably throw, he'll throw under 300 yards. I'm sure of that. Um, it won't be his, his typical games, so I will bench him. Okay. okay, I like it. I like it, Coach Pace. What you got for us? Um, guaranteed starter, start my boy A Rod, Aaron Rodgers against Washington because they are the worst defense in the league. <laughs> um, so you know, I don't know if he's gonna throw for a bunch of yards, but I know he will get the ball in the end zone. So I'm looking at three-plus touchdowns, maybe 200, 250 yards, you know, nice casual usual day for A-Rod. He might throw for three, but he usually don't do that too much anymore with Aaron Jones um, handling his business, unless Aaron Jones ain't doing his thing. Um, Bench, Justin Fields, please, because I know some of y'all are, you know, um, (laughs) are still hanging on for Justin Fields. No, I'll bench you, dog. Bench him, please. Do yourselves a favor. All right. My sleeper. I got a couple sleepers. So, from what I saw last week, because I had him on my bench, I'm going to say start A.J. Brown. If he plays. If he plays. It's a big if right now because he hasn't practiced. But if he does, starting. I think Blitz Boy and company are going to, if y'all don't know who Blitz Boy is, Jamal Adams. If y'all haven't seen the highlights, go look up Jamal Adams drops interception against Pittsburgh. Y'all will understand why I call him Blitz Boy. So, Blitz Boy and company will sell out on Derrick Henry. Will they stop him? Absolutely not. But I think with the play action, Tannehill, you know what I'm saying, Blitz Boy in the box, 
I think AJ Brown could have a really big day or Julio could have a really big day. It depends. So you can start either one of them. Um, I'm also thinking Kyle Pitts against Miami. I like what I've seen with Kyle Pitts. You know what I'm saying? Um, granted, Miami does have some athletic linebackers, um, but I think they're going to focus more on Cordero because Cordero been tearing everybody up. Um, Not only my fantasy. Cordero been tearing everybody up, looking like a first-team All-Pro. I ain't going to lie to you so far this season. So I think Jerome Baker is going to shade, for the most part, uh, Cordero. And they're going to focus a little bit more on, you know, also shading the Ridley. So I think, you know, Kyle Pitts, from what, I, from what I've been seeing, man, Kyle Pitts can do his thing. So yes. I'm looking for Kyle Pitts to have a big game. Okay. I like that list, too. Dang. All right. Well, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to um, start uh, Debo Samuel at the Colts. Uh, Colts, you know, they do have a good defense, but I look at it in terms of – they're much better at stopping the run than they are the pass. Uh, so Debo Samuel with the return of Jimmy G, uh, I think that's that's going to be a, a good connection during that game. I know Debo's been missing Jimmy G because Trent has been struggling a little bit. So uh, sit. I'm Khalil Herbert. So you talked about Justin Fields. I'm Khalil Herbert. Herbert at Tampa Bay. Speaking yeah. of run defense, Tampa Bay as one of the best front sevens in the league. Uh, it's hard for any running back to get any type of rhythm or momentum uh, on them. They're in Tampa Bay. Khalil Herbert has done a solid job filling in for Montgomery, but no pun intended, I, the buck stops here. Wait, yeah. wait. <laughs> I picked him up last week um, and played him because of I had Cordero. Um, he was on a bye and Saquon was injured. So I had to find somebody. So I picked him and Devontae Booker up that week. And then I I decided to keep Devontae in and just flip out um, and put, of course, well, I had to put Cordero in. And then I just decided to take out Khalil because of the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my last one is uh, Sleeper, Daryl Williams uh, for Kansas City at the Titans. Titans defense. Is still very vulnerable, though they had a great victory against the Bills. Um, I look at that Chiefs offense being very explosive as usual, which means there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities, and Darrell Williams is going to be the beneficiary from those things. So I think he'll have a solid game. Speaking of people that have solid games, my boy, Trevon Diggs, got seven picks, in six games. They're on a bye this week. So they're going to chill. I can't, you know, can't be seven. Row. But get a pick then, too. Get a pick then. He's going to find a way to intercept somebody. <laughs> Just show, to show up to some random game. He'll probably go to support uh, Stefan. <laughs> yep, exactly. Pick six. Um, which I was really upset. Like, Trevon Diggs did get beat on that double move against uh, Kendra Bourne, but the safety picked a horrendous angle. Like, that should have just been a long, completed pass. The safety mm. made it a touchdown, right? So yeah. it wasn't all on him. I don't know what he – I don't know what the safety was like. There's Anthony Brown. I don't know what he was doing. It looked like – speaking of Diggs, it looked like when Stephon Diggs was playing for the Vikings and he caught that pass against the Saints. Mm. And the Saints safety took a horrendous angle. 
And now all of a sudden, Diggs scores a touchdown, the Saints lose the playoff game. That's what that reminded me of. But anyway, uh, he's on pace to break the NFL record for interceptions in the season. Uh, that record is held by Richard Knight Train Lane in 1952. He picked up 14 of them in a season. So the question I have for you all is, will Trevon Diggs break the NFL record, record for interceptions? He's already halfway there. Will he break it by the end of the season? And I have Coach Pace go first. No. <laughs> no. Next question. No. That, that was easy. Next, please. Next question. No. Out of ten, oh. bro. Everybody stop throwing the dude. Like, dude, it, it gets to the point where, bro, like, come on now. Like, mm, well, I mean, why, like, why, why would you keep testing somebody? Like, yeah, they might get him on a few double moves, but they're only going to throw when he bites on a double move, like last week, and he butt naked. They not about to – if it's man coverage, like, no, nah, bro. They not about to – or zone, no. Because he can just sit back and analyze. And they said he's been watching a whole lot of film. He getting better at reading routes. Like, bro, no. Yeah. he's he's all He always puts himself in the right place. Like, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. Coach Murph, what do you think? Yes or no? No. Uh, I – at best, I can see him ending the season with 11. Uh, looking at their schedule, which isn't bad, um, and even with the with the extra game, but just fourteen just seems. I don't know. I, I mean, the record's been there for so long, so it's, I just can't fathom that. But like, and looking at their their rest of their schedule, I mean, you you got. Well, after the bye, you got the Vikings. So, I mean, you could see him possibly getting one there. Um, and if not there, they're going to give him a great opportunity. Kirk's going to give him a great opportunity to get in. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> then you got Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Tyler uh, Heineke twice, Danny Dimes. So, he'll probably get one there. Um. And then you got Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. So I mean, I I he I might get again, like Mahomes the way Patty Mahomes looking. Yeah, Patty being a little reckless. Like those, those quarterbacks you named are known for interceptions. You know, yeah, like a lot of them are too. Yeah, like he, he'll have an opportunity. The reason why I say no is because I I agree with you, Coach Pace, on, on in terms of. I think they're just going to stop testing him. They're like, you know what? That's the definition of insanity. Why Why we keep throwing his way? I mean, there's a reason why, uh, and I'm dating myself a little bit, like your, your, your um, all-pro DBs, like Daryl Green, who played for Washington, um, your Deion Sanders, your Darrell Revis, you know, folks like that, Richard Sherman, there's a reason why they will never, ever, ever lead the league in interceptions. is because people just learn to stop testing them. And, and so that takes away from them putting numbers on the board. Uh, so I think that's what happened with Trevon Diggs. They do get the extra game, like you said, Coach Murph. I think he will be close. I, I'm with you on that. I, I was thinking 11 or 12 he might get, mm-hmm. especially with those quarterbacks that are interception uh, prone. But 14 just seems like a, a, a lot, a, a lot to have to, a lot of ground to cover, even against some of those quarterbacks. So I think he'll get close, but he won't get it. He'll possibly – you know, get into like the top 
maybe three or four all you know all time. I think he'll get into that range. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll break it. But and plus, like I mean, I know that some might lean off of testing him, but I think he'll still get some because he'll be guarding like the number ones. So you're going to have to give them the ball because you also want to have those number ones like that's going to be like what you think he's going to guard me like Pat Mahomes is going to test him because he's going to be on Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill's going like what you think Diggs is going to be able to lock me up like you won't have those type of players so uh the, the same thing with probably uh Terry McLaurin and of course D Hop he's going to want his targets regardless um I believe well by the time they play the Saints um, Thomas might be back bro. yeah yeah Michael Thomas should be back by then so and then I <laughs> he wants to go up against anybody so that so he'll get his opportunities um facing those players but um like I said just 14 just seems I, I don't I, I feel like that record is going to stand for uh another like 15, 20 years. And the fact that we're in more of a passing age now and nobody still mm-hmm. hasn't came close, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm about to say the best player that ever would have came close is probably, like, Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ed, Reed Ed Reed would be the guy for me that yeah. would probably come close. Man, because I – yeah. Granted, Xavier Howard had, like, 10 or 11, like, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, he had 10. 10? Yeah. Yeah, he came real close. Yeah, and didn't get even a consideration for MVP because he played. Right, don't even get me started it about it you said the quarterback award. The quarterback award. That's, yeah. that's why I always say every year. That's why they need to have a QB award and then an MVP award, so y'all can be unbiased and not just look at the points and look more at impact or like the stats, but look more at impact with the stats because if you put somebody like um Aaron Donald that gets like uh say he'll get like 15 sacks but then you got a quarterback that throws for five thousand yards you're gonna take the quarterback. Yeah the quarterback is the most valuable quote unquote position in football so it gets the most valuable player all the time. And I'm but I'm like that that prevents folks from like Derrick Henry from ever getting one. Because literally his value is greater than Tannehill's. Like he makes Tannehill's job so easy. I mean, not easy, but easier. Because I mean, you see what he did to Buffalo. That dude ran all over that defense. All Tannehill had to do was hit the open guy. But he had open guys because the linebackers can't play, you know, play, you know, pass coverage. Because they gotta worry about about uh Henry. So I, I don't know. It makes me so mad, like that folks like him are going to get overlooked. That's why I don't care about the MVP anymore. Oh, uh, no, not at all. But what we do care about is our fast five. These wins, <laughs> these dubs we're about to get. Let's see if we can name the team, the right team that wins and the score. No one's been able to do it so far to get the score right. We Some of us have been close. Um, speaking of Derrick Henry, they're playing the Chiefs this week. Chiefs at Titans, mm-hmm. winner and score. Coach Murph, go ahead. Chiefs winning it in a close one, 33, Titans 28. Okay, Coach Pace. 
Titans 38, Chiefs 35. Wow. Nice. Go with the ups. Okay. King Henry. <laughs> Crowning. Uh, I'm going to go. Homeboy. Pat, my homeboy. You say interception boy? You say interception boy? Because that's a lot. <laughs> I think. I think I think Patty gets it together, and um, I got 30-27. I think it's going to be a really close game because the Chiefs' defense can't stop anyone either. So a lot of their games are going to be closer than they should be. Uh, but I got 30-27 Chiefs. Uh, another interesting matchup in the AFC North, Bengals play at the Ravens. Uh, so, Coach Pace, who do you have in this one? I got Ravens. The Lamar Jackson effect. But also the defense has been looking crazy. So um, I'm going to go 35-30. Coach Murph? I went Ravens 31, Bengals 24. So I was – I was a little bit on the fence on this one only because I'm like, is that, was that Ravens performance last week, like an outlier? And we, you know, are they going to regress back to the mean? Also Latavius Murray has been ruled out. So I, I don't know if they're going to stop healthy scratching Tyson Williams uh, and have him and Le'Veon Bell, you know, carry, carry the load there. So we'll see, we'll see there at, 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 at this point, one of us three is going to end up playing running back for the Ravens by the end of the season. Like, that's hey. just character. You know what I'm saying? I was about to say, I'll stay ready. I stay, this pay me league minimum. I'll be fine. Uh, but, yeah, I have the Ravens winning a close one, um, 24-21. Especially at home, I think that's going to give them a good edge there. Next up, Saints at Seahawks. Uh, so, I'll go first on this one. I have – uh, the Saints, you know, without Russell Wilson, I think it's going to be tro- uh, it's going to be really hard for the Seahawks to get any type of, of rhythm this season. The Saints' defense uh, has been vulnerable at some a lot, time, a lot of times, but they've been solid for most of the season. Uh, and I don't think Geno Smith has the arsenal to be able to get it done. So I have Saints winning in Seattle. I have that score of thirty-one to twenty. Uh, Coach Murphy, what do you have? I took the Saints as well. Uh, same same reasons. I mean, no Russell Wilson. Uh, Saints twenty seven, Seahawks seventeen. Coach Page, that's crazy because I got Saints twenty eight, Seahawks seventeen. <laughs> so this one, this one was a good one. This was probably one of the best ones because I think it's it's tricky. This game can be very tricky. We have the Atlanta Falcons going going to Miami to play the Dolphins. I'm going to pick. I, I had not made up my mind up until this very point. I can't believe I'm doing this because I have a lot of negative things to say about Matt Ryan, but I think he's going to pull it off in Miami this weekend. So I have a score of um, 30 to 24 over the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to put up some points because the Falcons defense is suspect to say the least, but Going back to Coach Pace's point about Pitts, you know, I, I think I think I think Pitts will have a good game. Uh, Cordero Patterson, they're not going to be able to stop him. Uh, you got Mike Davis there for the goal line, a big back that can get it done. Uh, so I see the Falcons winning this one. What about you, Coach Pace? I got uh, Dolphins. You know, mm. I'm believing. I'm believing Tua. 
I don't, I don't know if I'm certain about that. But I think the playmakers on the Dolphins' defense also helps. So I'm going to go Dolphins um, 24-21. Coach Mark? Then you don't have to worry about Matt Ryan because there's a Cordero. He's the quarterback of the team. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons, man. Twenty-four to fourteen. Um, I like what they they're putting together in that offense. And also, I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing. I don't know if y'all heard about the uh, the Deshaun Watson talks mm-hmm. about being traded. They said possibly making a a deal by the end of the week, but. I wonder what that's going to do for Tua mentally, you know? So I feel like that, that'll that probably play a role where it's just like, hey, there's minglings in the office of, you know, your replacement coming. Because everybody knows if Deshaun Watson is coming, then Tua is on his way out the door. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We only have one coach. There are no matchups with ranked teams this weekend. And oh, boo-boo. So, but we do have two story franchises. Uh, one who is trying to get on the upswing, USC, visiting Notre Dame, who's ranked number 13. Uh, Coach Murph, is there going to be an upset or Notre Dame going to pull this one off too? No upset. Notre Dame about to go ahead and take this one, 35-27. I feel like that – but I think it's going to be more so of – like the score is going to be close, but – the game isn't going to seem that way. I think Notre Dame is going to have like a strong start and it's just going to be uh, USC putting up points in the back end. Coach Pace. Yeah, ain't no upset, dog. I'm, just, I'm sorry to tell y'all. Um, I'm rolling with Coach Murph, man. We just, I'm going to just throw out a score because I really don't think this game is going to be that close. I'm going to just say 33 to 17. Six. I'll <laughs> be nice because they'll get some back end points. All right. I'm going to go not with an upset, but I am going to have Notre Dame barely winning this game. I'm going to have, I have them winning 24 21. USC keeps it a lot closer than people thought and really tests the Notre Dame defense, but ultimately it's not going to be enough. They just don't have enough playmakers. So. No upset special for me this week. Love this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Coach's Box. Appreciate appreciate y'all stepping in. Um, On behalf of Coach Murph and Coach Pace, I'm Coach JP3. Talk to y'all next week. Stay blessed and stay safe out there. Happy fall to everybody.